Welcome back to Sudden But Inevitable, the podcast where I force my friends to love the things that I want them to love the same way that I love those things. I, of course, am your host, Vanilla Husband, a.k.a. Captain Bootscoot, a.k.a. Jesse. And with me, as always this week, of course, is my trusty good friend, the head of the Twist My Arm podcast network and the host of the Twist My Arm podcast, Josh. Josh, how is your week so far? It's good. It's really good. My week is great, actually. Uh, it's it's doing doing good. And I love how you said, as always, this week. As it, it hasn't been as always for the last few months. <laughs> well, you know, that's the beauty of doing a pre-recorded show, is I can just cut right over that and make you look like a weirdo <laughs> for mentioning it. That's fine. You know, you do you. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do. I mean, since Ricky D isn't here, we can make whatever edits we want and nobody will say anything. Oh, it's so true. It's it's nice to have it's nice to have a uh, a small intimate uh, conversation with you, Josh. Usually we're we've got you know me, you, Ricky D, plus a guest, maybe two, and it's not every day that you and I get to do a small little bonus sudden but inevitable episode together. It's true. It has been. Have we ever done one of these? <laughs> I believe this is the first one. All right, there we go. <laughs> That's how rare it is. Now, of course, before we go any further, let me let me just quickly explain. This week on Sudden But Inevitable, we're going to watch a movie from 1976 called Logan's Run. Josh suggested this movie as part of our movie bonus season, and I, I've never seen this movie before. Um, so this is a little bit new for me, right? I don't usually take the suggestions from the crew and then watch the thing and go from there. But this week, I am doing that. Now... As soon as I announced what we were watching, a very good friend of the network and the show, uh, Cameron from the Green Shirt Podcast, a newbie's trek through the next generation, immediately contacted me and said, this is Marcy's favorite movie. One of Marcy's favorite movies. She's a huge fan. If you've ever listened to my show before, you know that I've been on Green Shirt, so you probably know Marcy because I was there with Marcy. And... I am just, I, I'm going to get it all out of the way. Marcy is here with us tonight to talk about Logan's Run. Thank you so much for joining us, Marcy. We are so happy to have you with us. How has your week been so far? Great. Well, it's just like after Thanksgiving, so I'm kind of getting over that um, turkey overload, as I'm sure everyone else is. Had a really great Thanksgiving with family, came down from Alaska, and... We did Thanksgiving and Christmas all at once, so I got the holidays out of the way. <laughs> Whoa, wait, so you're totally done with the holidays now? That's awesome. Basically, yeah, because they came down, and um, my sister-in-law has a new husband, so we have like a new step-niece, and so it was really just kind of great to spend the time with them, but we did Christmas as well, because we were not going up to Alaska for Christmas, so the kids got to help decorate their grandmother's tree, because she lives here, and then... Andrew and I's tree, and now they're going to decorate their own tree in Alaska. So they're getting three Christmases wow. out of the deal. That is not bad. I So my house, I believe, has three Christmas trees in it alone. My wife has a tree themed after her football team. I've got a miniature tree themed after my football team. And then, of course, my daughter, who is almost three, has her own tree uh, up high where she can't reach it, of course, but it's got unicorns and rainbows, oh, that sort of thing. Cute. Unicorns are my favorite fantasy creature, so she's got that one in the bag. <laughs> my daughter is not from Boston. Um, she's from Colorado, where I'm from. But when she says the word unicorn, she goes, unicorn? <laughs> and it's the most adorable thing. And it always is also sort of vaguely threatening, where I'm like, 
what are you like? Is there a unicorn here? <laughs> like around the corner? What's going on? Um, but yes, a, a, a very good point. Unicorns definitely one of the top mythical creatures. Uh, so I have to ask Marcy. Mm-hmm. When I messaged you and I said, "Hey, we're doing a show on Logan's Run," what was the first thing that went through your head? Oh, well, yeah, sure. Let's do Logan's Run. I mean, that's a fun one. I like classic sci-fi a lot, so um, I think I've talked about it in Green Shirt before. But my mom and I were basically watching sci-fi all the time. And when I was thinking about this, I realized that my mom was kind of a fangirl at the time before people called it a fangirl of like all the boys and all the sci-fi shows. But at that time it was like Charlton Heston and, you know, William Shatner. Right. And then, then it mm-hmm. became, you know, Robert Redford and Harrison Ford. And like, now that I think back and I was like, gee, my mom was like a fangirl back then, <laughs> but we would watch all those movies together. And so... I feel like it's just got kind of that nostalgic feel, but it's kind of funny going back. I mean, I watched it before since like my teenage years with my mom and it's, it is funny Mm -hmm. to go back now. And again, like for these podcasts, you're analyzing things, right? So to like see it from a, like a little different eye, but yeah, I, well, and I, like I was saying, I was trying to watch it through the eyes of someone who I was trying to be really forgiving, right? Because I know that the movie came out, long before I was born and that things were different back then and you know, not no, not only as far as special effects goes but also you know uh, everything regarding the industry and what's proper and things like that acting. Um, yeah acting content um, but uh, so so Logan's run uh, the book um, I never read the book did did Josh, did you read the book Logan's Run? Was that a, a book you read in school, or is that just one you picked up? Or so I had watched the movie for the first time when I was like sixteen or something like that, and then my friend that showed me the movie um, told me there was a book, and so I found it uh-huh. at like a Barnes and Noble or something and read it, and it was really short. Um, I remember it being a little bit different than the movie. Um, but I need to go dig it out of my, I have it in a box somewhere and I'd like to dig it out and kind of refresh, refresh my memory a little bit. <laughs> but Marcy, Marcy, did you read the book? Oh, that's funny that like I have not read the book and rewatching this movie was like, I should really read this book because I read Dune before I watched the new Dune because I'd read Dune before, but I just wanted to kind of get the feel for it again. And I loved Dune, the book. Like, I loved it when I first read it, but then, like, as an adult, it's just different reading those kinds of books. I mean, he, like, Frank Herbert, that was, like, a work of art, right? But it would be interesting to see, because this has, like, a lot of that 1960s, 1970s feel. Like, what, when did the book get written? Was it around that same time? Because it feels like it's right around that same time. It it was around the same time. Let me, uh, I'm, figure it out real quick. But in either case, it kind of feels like there was that 1960s, like, utopia, free love, and then they were coming around to, like, let's destroy that. We don't like that. Let's make the free love dystopia and get back to, like, real family values, people. I mean, that's really, like, I was like, oh, is this, like, about getting back to family values? Even though, like, the storyline is really great, it's kind of interesting to see that, that represented in this film. 1967 is when the book came out, so about eight years before, maybe it's almost ten years. 19... Oh, yep. Sorry, you're right. Um, but they... It, it, I gotta be honest, 
parts of the dystopia looked pretty great. Uh, they, they, there was some stuff where the tone was definitely, oh, look how bad this is. And I was going, that seems great. <laughs> I, I could totally go for some of that dystopia. Um, so it, this movie, it's, it's as somebody who's not the world's biggest Star Wars fan, right? I was tempted to start comparing this movie to Star Wars because I know that it's I know that it's you know somewhat contemporary, seventy six and when was the first Star Wars? Was that seventy eight? Um, so it's yeah, like seventy nine. Yeah, so it, it's like one of those things where you go, okay, this has got to be. This is a comparison I'm going to draw in my head. Um, there's a mostly metallic humanoid in this, and it doesn't look quite as uh, quality as let's say C3PO does. Um, so there, there are some comparisons that I was immediately tempted to draw, but I don't want to take up a bunch of time with that. I want to know from you guys, the huge fans, Marcy, let's start with you. What makes this the kind of movie that you want, want to share with people? The kind of movie that you tell people, dude, you gotta watch Logan's run. I mean, I guess I feel like it's because I miss that like long, it's, I'm going to steal this from Cameron. He said it, I was talking to him while I was watching the movie. It's a Logan's marathon, not a Logan's run. It's a long ass movie. And I was like, huh, like it still like captures my attention throughout the whole, like it has everything that I love about like that era of movie. That's not like Star Wars, but like some of the other movies that I'll mention later in your other segment, but like, it really has that kind of dirty feel like even in the utopia you're like eh, like that grainy feel that you get that makes it feel kind of like we're dirty in this world and i think like nowadays when they have cgi it's like even when it looks dirty it looks clean you know but back then they just yep. had to like use real props and real things like granted like so, like some of those like long distance miniature scenes are pretty, pretty interesting, but it just like brings back still that like, it feels like you're kind of on an acid trip when you're watching the film, which is I think yes. what you're supposed to feel. And it's kind of the thing that I like about it. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, this movie started, I did a, I, I did a live tweet of this cause I had never seen it before. And as soon as that you get the opening shot of like this bubble town, right. Right. And you're like, okay, there's a bubble town. And then it immediately goes into miniature. I texted Josh. I went, is this, is this movie like all miniatures? This is beautiful. And there is something about, you can tell that it is a miniature, but there's something about the way that it's shot most of the time, I think, that really messes with your sense of scale. Because you're like, I am able to picture this like... And for me, I could picture it when it was just the little like tube mm -hmm. vehicle going around. When they actually put people on the streets, I was like, okay, now the like illusion is ruined for me because the key, the chroma key was yeah. really bad, which is probably <laughs> not their fault. But when it was just the tube car, I was like, I buy this. Like I, as a 30 year old person <laughs> plus in 2021, I buy this. This is good enough. Like I'm, I'm good with it. Something because... about miniatures, it just makes things so much more realistic because the they're effort. real but exactly you know it's to marcy's point it's a physical thing it's an actual prop it's a right. all the all the sets are a lived in feeling space i think that sense of tangibility really comes through in this movie despite like you said it being kind of trippy throughout like the movie makes 
not a ton of logical sense, like on an emotional level, right? But I mean, I can't it, believe I didn't remember the orgy or remember the orgy room scene. Like, I'm sure I watched this with Dude, my mom, God. and I'm just like, but I mean, that's the thing that I like about those old movies, like even really old movies from like the 1940s and 50s. Like, you don't need to show sex to have something be sexual and weird and interesting. And I think like sometimes in the movies, like it just seems so not as interesting as how they used to do things before. Like, even, like, like in a Katherine Hepburn movie, like, there's a lot of sex going on in those movies, and it's sexy because the actors are good and they make it seem that way. Not that the actors are really good in this, but it's just, it's it's interesting, like, the things that my brain remembered the most were some of, like, the later parts of the movie, but it takes us, a, like, a really long time to get there. But I still kind of like the journey because it's so weird and interesting. <laughs> and there's something about you had mentioned the the speed of the movie. You know, it's not a Logan's run. It's not a Logan's sprint. It's a Logan's marathon. Right. That slower, ponderous pacing, the the taking your time in locations and between characters and things like that. It doesn't surprise me that you bring up Dune in almost the same sentence that you bring that up because I yes. think that's a perfect example. It's pretty especially similar with pacing. the new and with the new Dune, if you did not read you the book, you would not know what the not, fuck was going on. You're gonna get almost nothing yeah. from the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like I did <laughs> like speaking of Bobby, um, she came like I did this movie theater thing at Studio Oh, you guys aren't from Portland. Anyway, Studio One's this great theater. So I rented out the whole theater and brought my friends to it. And, like, she's like, I don't know anything about this movie. So I gave them this, like, quick recap of the movie. Like, I know I'm going off. But, and, like, after the movie, she was like, oh, man, if you hadn't given us that recap, I would have not known what was going on. (laughs) So, yeah, books are, like, there's a lot to them. But, like, I think this movie, again, has a very similar, it keeps, there's enough going on to keep you interested and enough, like, weird like philosophical things for you to think about in all these pieces of like this weird utopian society. Like what do you like? and What do you don't like? I mean, there's a lot of consenting going on there. That's a big issue right now. And like, she's like, I still have a choice. And he's like, yeah, you still have a choice. Like all of those kinds of like, uh, sex positivity things are good things. But then like at the end of the day, they're kept young and killed at 30. So like, <laughs> or however old. <laughs> well, until the end of the yeah. movie. But I mean, it, to your point though, I mean, there is, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that I was in my head at the first time I saw it, I was like, okay, this is where this movie goes South. Right. Because it's from 1976. There's nudity. Oh, he's dialing up a sex wall. This can't be great. Oh, all he's doing is asking for permission and consent. Like, all the way through. And then the movie makes it a point for him to repeatedly remind her, hey, only with consent, ever. And yeah. it's like, I was I was uh, happily surprised mm-hmm. by that, personally. Um, my friend Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D, which is another show here on the network, he uh, messaged Josh and I immediately and said, we got to get those Tinder walls like those need to be invented immediately. I think that's probably his most desirable <laughs> piece of technology from the movie. Yeah. Um, I like that it sh- shows though. Like he, 
he there's a man that pulls up and he's like, yeah, not really into yeah. the man tonight. Like, I'm going to go with the lady. I mean, he gives it a yeah, second. Like, I thought there was like a lot of really interesting things happening there, even though like everybody is white I, and whatever. But like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is that. But I do. I feel like there is the the pacing that you had mentioned, I think, is what gives the movie so much of its texture. Right. Because there is time to sit in every moment with logan and i'll be honest i didn't know basically right up to the end like is logan believe that there is a sanctuary or is he purely in this to prove that he should get let back into society like i couldn't really tell and i don't know if that was based on i'm just going to call him basil's performance or if that was because it was meant to be super ambiguous but it was like i couldn't tell leading up to the end like dude is he going to betray jessica or is he going to just let her go like i didn't hmm. know what to expect i thought but it was pretty, that pacing... pretty obvious by the time once they're out of the um dome what was happening well i thought so i had thought so too and then he had there was one last thing that he did that i can't remember off the top of my head where i was like really even after all that and i don't remember what it was but it was it was something oh it was when he decided to go back and and save society i think the note that i made was like dude F society, like Jessica has the right idea and there's an old guy with cats here. Like you guys should just hang out. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think it makes sense that like he's the first uh, Sandman, which is the guys that kill the people that run away to leave the uh, dome or try to escape, right? Or try to run. And right. so his journey isn't so simple as I just want to get out. It's like, I know how the workings of the dome work. And he's, I mean, they set it up perfectly at the beginning. I mean, the guy is looking at babies at the beginning of the movie. You know he's a good guy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> mm -hmm. and he's questioning, I mean, they. it's kind of ham-handed, but he's questioning it immediately. He's asking questions. And, you know, Francis is just like kind of the guy who goes along with everything. Oh, and I mean, I don't think this is the right spot to put it, but it was really funny. We're talking about Sandman when like there's a scene where they show the sandman training and lounging and i was like they train sandman by doing gymnastics like in the background <laughs> they're just like doing like tumbling that's all they do like oh we got to learn how to tumble to take down runners well they did climb the walls pretty well <laughs> <It's true. laughs> when they were chasing you know what i mean and they're like jump they're like parkouring the yeah, whole time, yeah. So. yeah it's true and to be totally to be totally fair marcy they all live at a mall i mean <laughs> it's true the furthest distance away you could be is a couple of tumbles, right? Like, and that's exactly what that was. That whole utopia was just a mall that I, they refurbished I, into something it else. It was like, like Jerry World. It was like the Dallas Cowboys. It had area, to be, but was a bubble. It had to be like the first mall. Like, <laughs> yeah. now I'm I'm a hundred percent serious here. Towards the end, there's a scene where there's just an exit. Sign. I saw that, it, and it's like exit. a mall exit <laughs> sign. Yeah, like. <laughs> Okay, that's just a mall. And again, I as a as a Star Trek fan in particular, and I'll go ahead and even say as a Highlander fan, there is a certain level of believability that I just apply. Okay, like even if it's not there, I just apply it because these people poured their heart and souls into telling these stories, and these were the best tools they had available at the time. So if it comes across, you know, some of the compositing shots, like anything green screen or chroma key in this movie is not great. There's a, a few scenes where I can see strings on people that are in the air. I don't hold those things against this movie at all. <laughs> this movie had a I ton mean, of stuff in it that I had a blast it. with. It was basically like Edo 
I mean, it was yeah. that episode in a movie. Um, what isn't it called Eden or something? I can't remember that. But that episode's name. What is it? Uh, with are you talking about the one where Wesley accidentally? Yeah, I believe that is. Oh, is it Justice? No, that's a Worf episode. Editor's note, it's totally Justice. TNG Season 1, Episode 8. Anyway, like, basically everybody's dressed up like the guys on Edo. Yeah. They're, like, super sexy. Like, that's all they care about is, like, sex and eat. I mean, eating. We don't really see... I mean, I guess he is eating and drinking, but, like, basically yeah. they're just living Pleasure. their best life in arcades and... You know, getting their facial yeah. reconstructions happening. It's doing gymnastics, doing gym- probably karate <laughs> yeah, on the side. Yeah, gymnastics, shooting their like, what kind? What the hell kind of blaster is that? That was like the worst okay. effect of the whole movie. Okay, it's a, uh, it's an LR seventy six. Sure. <laughs> the name of the, the name of the, the gun. the gun canonically, you mean? No, is an LR-76? no, that was oh, okay. Logan's Run nineteen seventy six. Yeah, come on. Here. Oh, <laughs> nice. Oh, well played. Well, or, it was basically. Like they'd shoot and then an explosion would go off near something. (laughs) So here's the thing. Here's the thing, Marcy. I agree that the effect itself was bad. However, the sound effect satisfied itself. Yeah. Yeah. Like I okay, so I think what they did was they put a flare in a tube, like maybe a flare gun, but then just capped it so that it wouldn't go anywhere. And then they would match that. To be clear, though, the matching of when he would point and fire was really well done because clearly there was no projectile. But that scene towards the end when he shoots the computer, which for a second I was like, can you just do that? Because I want to see what it would. Yeah, he did it. Like (laughs) there was some stuff in this movie where I was like, they should do this. Oh, they totally did it. Like because clearly somebody on their set was going, we can do this. Why not do it? (laughs) Like and I think it was most prevalent in the. surgery laser spider oh, that scene was funny too, where, where the doctor like is trying to kill him with the lasers and then he runs in there it's like you're a fucking idiot anyway yeah like come on doc did you also make your brain younger <laughs> when you did that to your face but like my favorite they're, they're the worst shots like i've i thought stormtroopers were bad shots but like do you the, think sandman do you think logan was purposefully missing though because he's a good guy he i actually think he was Maybe. because he could have there's there's a couple spots where he makes these shots that are pretty impressive but here's the only counterpoint i came up with to it marcy this guy is like physically the best of the best he's supposed to be some kind of super sandman right like he knows what he's doing he's been highly trained he drops that necklace in like an inch and a half of clear water and can't find it and <laughs> had literally no reason to fumble like it wasn't like Oh no, we have two seconds. The guy was literally at the other end of the hallway, still yelling at him, "Logan!" And he dropped the thing, and well, just... sometimes your yeah, hands no, I mean, come on. Yeah, and but I do, that, even but my on point a perfect is, I don't... day, you're still gonna mess up somewhere. You know what I mean? Like you could be having the best day of your life, running from the law, <laughs> and eventually you're just gonna drop something. Exactly. <laughs> this sounds like you're speaking from experience. No, <laughs> never. Oh, okay. I actually don't think they, I mean, maybe you're supposed to think he's a super Sandman. I think he's just another Sandman dude with his best friends, Francis, and they hang out and they yeah. catch guys. It's not like he's the super being. He's just the guy that's, that ended up pick, picking up the onk and the computer's like, guess what your job is now is to go fuck over yeah. your life. that you. And I guess <laughs> like societally, their goal is to hang out. Right. So I guess he wouldn't be like that intense. Like <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Man, if we could get 
that to be our society's goal, I think that would be an improvement, you guys. Um, so <laughs> I, because this is a show where I, I try to make people love the things that I love, and I can tell that Marcy and Josh, you guys definitely have some love for this movie. And a little bit of a spoiler alert. I enjoyed myself. Oh, I had some love for this movie. I always, <gasps> what? A, I always like something. There's another I podcast for you? coming up. What? Yes, I know. There's a there's another podcast coming up. Save it for that. I don't even know. Just calm down. <laughs> I'm gonna have to okay. give myself some screen time on that show or something. Give myself an air we'll horn. Figure it out. I, this maybe is this I'll, this is maybe huge. I'll cut all this out. This is huge. Maybe none of this. I can't believe this ever happened. <laughs> does I'm he, like sweating does over he here. Usually not like what you like. He hates everything I like. To be clear, the premise of the show is that I, as I think most people are, if they're honest with themselves, I feel that I have better taste than my friends. And I want them. Oh, arrogant much? I want them. To, you know what? But you know what You've I mean? I've known this kid for 25 years. It's never changed. Even on the, I feel even like... on the schoolyard in first grade. I'm better than you. What? I doubt I put it that way. No, I. But. It's it's one of those feelings that everybody gets. You know what I mean? Like you have like when you look at some of the stuff your friends watch, you're like, why are they watching that instead of these things, which are pretty close to those things, but better. Like when Josh was watching The Mandalorian, I was like, dude, you got to watch Firefly. And he's like, I've never heard of that. And I'm like, what? okay, The Mandalorian wouldn't exist without Firefly. So that's where our show came from, right? So that that is a big part of why I'm generally the one giving the suggestions is because I'm trying to make them fit the format of if you like this thing, try this thing. If you like this thing, try this thing. And then we can hang out and talk about it. That's why I'm not usually taking the suggestions. But since it's a special season, we are ta- I am taking suggestions. We watched uh, Space Sweepers on suggestion of a podcasting friend of ours. We watched Slither with Cameron from Green Shirt. We just watched Logan's Run. We've got another one that we haven't scheduled yet, but Ricky D picked it out. So, But along those lines, and and Josh and I actually did try to figure out if there was something before this that he suggested that I liked, and we're still working on that. <laughs> I've been thinking about it all week. I'm like, I, I swear there's something there that I might have suggested years ago. There has to I... be. There has to be. We just don't know what it is. <laughs> so, But along those lines... Let's start with Marcy, and then we'll go with Josh. Marcy, if people do like this movie, if people like Logan's Run, what's something similar enough that you would suggest? Oh, my God. So I have so many things because there are so many things (laughs) that you could like in this movie. The obvious ones would be like Planet of the Apes or Soylent Green because they're like same era, same dirty kind of feel with creepy like cannibal stuff happening um also mad max the very first one is kind of around the same time i can't exactly remember when it started but uh so so if you like this kind of specific movie then you could watch that then if you like sort of the uh the running science fiction you could go with running man or terminator total recall i mean those are all ones that you might enjoy or if you want a weird ass acid trip you could do 2001 a space office odyssey uh, altered states what else do i have here uh those are those oh cloud atlas i feel like cloud atlas kind of has a similar creepy weird feel with a lot of the same kind of see that Oh, I love Cloud. I Alice. never saw it. It's one of those movies that I wanted to it's see. It's really long. And then, well, and didn't it get panned? Yeah. Also? Yeah, like, by stupid people, though. It's a good movie. But it yeah. was. 
but it was one of those movies that because it was so panned, I was like, I gotta see it's it. Like, I super weird. I want and, to. And like, it's rewatchable because there's like all these strange running themes, people in different eras and times, um, and good actors in it. Uh, I liked it. That doesn't mean everybody will. Um, and then of course, if you like clones, because they're they're clone people, um, you could go with Moon or. The Island, which is actually a movie I kind of like. Moon. I love Moon. Jesse, have you seen Moon? I have not. That's uh, oh, oh Sam. God. Sam. Uh, what is his last name? Now you're making me forget. He's the dancer in like Charlie's Angels. It's Sam. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Rockwell. Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Oh, yes. huh, Thank yes. you. Sorry. That's Sam Rockwell, right? I think right? Moon might be. Yes in like my top sci-fi like it is so good it's so good i did not expect to like that movie as much as i did it is incredible yeah Ah, we should do that too there's not a lot of there's not a lot of sci-fi that i'm not willing to give a chance to honestly um it's just like i i think that there is so much i mean as a sci-fi fan, I can also admit that there is so much sci-fi that's just not well made. Oh, Moon is or so good. It, oh, yeah. It's just got the... Right. No, no, no. And I'm not implying that. I know that, you're not. I'm just saying that. that just, if you're going to watch it's anything like one of those off things of my where... list, you should watch Moon. I mean, because that, that shit is I amazing. fully agree. I fully agree. Is Moon the end no, of your no, list? No, no. Speaking of, So Marcy, if you like feral, feral children... <laughs> You could go with Mad Max Beyond the Thunderdome or The Tribe, which is an Australian like post-apocalyptic television show, not technically a movie. And then, of course, last but not least, holographic heads, like at the end of the movie, go with Last Starfighter. Because like that scene really made me feel that scene where they like showing the holographic head in Last Starfighter and his head starts melting. Like the bad guys like talking to all the good guys and like ugh, super creepy and tortury. Anyway. So those are all things that have similar feels in different ways. You know, I gotta say, it means the world to me that you didn't mention a single Star Wars movie. <laughs> because you could have. You could have just said, look, go watch the original print of A New Hope. And that's, you know, you know, that's kind of what they were shooting for. Um, I, I appreciate that you didn't do that. Um, but, it, you know, I figure if anybody was going to bring up Star Wars, it would probably be Josh. But it's, it's, it's okay either way. Um, Josh, do you have any other movies that in your head are like obviously similar to Logan's Run that when you watch Logan's Run, you're like, "Ooh, I should also check out this, this, and that." I mean, I feel like I feel like Marcy took up a suggestion <laughs> that I may have had. Sorry, um, it's good. No, you're good. Moon, Moon is so good. I like. I want to go watch that movie now. <laughs> it's a similar kind of pacing um, to that, where it's like real slow so, and yeah. ponderous, and yeah, very much so. Yeah, um, I guess you know for like the end of world dystopian kind of like i don't know i would probably say um snowpiercer mm-hmm. cuz it's i mean that's a little newer um but it's got a really fun concept as far as the end of humanity kind of you know like that's what drew me to logan's run so much and why i like this movie so much is because it's totally a, a plausible scenario that could happen a few hundred years from now for population control or something like that, you Mm. know, and Snowpiercer is a totally plausible situation that could happen if the ice age ever hit. And that's, uh, Chris Evans on a society train, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the, I haven't watched the series, but the movie's good. Um, 
Gosh, now, now I and feel like I need to step cannibals, up my game. People. It does. I mean, yeah. all these utopian, like, that's, yeah. it's so funny yeah. that I'm drawn to these, like, because, like, my, yeah, well, horror, I cannot watch horror, except I'll watch these weird cannibal horrors. And the scariest movie ever, of course, is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm. And I watched that. A friend of mine was like, you have to watch it. It's like the best movie. And I was like, I don't like horror. They're like, watch this one. This one that will traumatize you for the rest of your life and make you have psycho scary great dreams. So, Did you see Event Horizon? I've seen Event Horizon. That's not really scary. That one didn't, that didn't mess with you at all? I like... mean, it's scary but not it's not even close to scare as scary as somebody capturing you and then you trying to run away from cannibals nothing could ever be that scary well i mean like, yeah okay conceptually <laughs> well uh, conceptually yeah. i see what you mean but like, <laughs> the, the movie <laughs> uh, yeah i i mean so i'm the reason i ask is because i'm generally the same way i don't do horror like slither was i thought was going to be pushing it for me um and Cameron was I just trust Cameron implicitly I think so when he was like just watch this movie I was like all right it can't be that bad and it wasn't I mean it's gross and it's definitely gory but yeah it was just funny and fun and I had a blast um for me I think the first things I was I was thinking of was definitely 2001 Space Odyssey I was trying to think of the slower movies that I had seen slower sci-fi um definitely had flashbacks to 84's dune where it was like you know even that one was a little slower i would say that 2021's dune is the slowest movie possibly ever not in a bad way i loved it and it was visually a feast and i love the soundtrack and the score and all of the sound design of it but it was possibly the slowest movie ever um oh dune like both dunes have different things that i like i wouldn't say both of them got it right i'd say like I would say they both got different parts of it right, right and different parts of it wrong. Yeah. But they both seem to have a fairly slow pace to me. Yes. Um, Arrival is a is a more recent one that I watched that I had just seen for the first time actually after watching Dune because I was like, oh, I want to watch what? some more Denis Villeneuve. And um, Arrival was slowly paced for like the first uh, half, maybe three quarters, and that was nuts. I like that movie. Um trying to think of other slow sci-fi that I, oh well i mean i will say that the fir- the original blade runner movie feels very slowly paced say blade runner. um to me <laughs> my least I, favorite i haven't actually gotten through it yet like i've tried to watch blade runner twice in the last oh month God. and it's not and i don't i don't know if it's blade runner's fault but i've been watching it late at night <laughs> and i gotta tell you it's a hard thing to get yeah through. i i think i need to watch it like first thing in the morning one day and and be like ready which for it. which version are you watching because there's like it's eight the director's <laughs> cut or the final cut rather I okay think. um the like the one that you're supposed to watch that's like three hours long it seems like it's really yeah. long and i haven't like i said i it's, just haven't gotten through it and but i it's painfully I like, long <laughs> i like long movies in general um but I think those are I think those are good uh, comparative movies to check out for for people. Is there any that you guys feel like we forgot? Like anything that we definitely have to for mention? cloning replicas? Is that with Keanu Reeves? Oh, I haven't yeah. seen okay. that one. So okay, it's very interesting. Let me ask you guys. I I, I really enjoyed it. I don't know. I like Keanu no, Reeves I like though. Him so. too. <laughs> I have to ask. So the the baby was a clone of Logan, right? Like. That's why they have all the same name and just a new number, right? 
That was my assumption. I believe okay. so. So it's not that he's like proud of the kid in a way of like, oh, look at that new baby. It's like a weird pride of like, look, there is a copy of me. Yeah, because he like, was so good in this life that they decided to remake him again. Yeah. Like, man, that's that's weird. But it's like, if you think about it, that's just what parents do. Like, <laughs> Well, and it's also like... So- they, kept, they kept talking about the seed donor, though. So I feel like it was a uh, born child. No, 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 like, no. Like, the breeding so- pods. Yeah, so she, they were say, he was saying something like, you don't know where your, where your parents came from or what your original like origin was, but you know that that's a copy of you or something along those lines was what I, what mm. I pulled out of it. Like, I'm watching it again tomorrow, so we'll I <laughs> will confirm. <laughs> yeah, they talk about like breeding pods, but I feel like it's just more that they are making babies in these pods. And I mean, I could be wrong. I didn't read the book. Like uh, artificial, so. artificial insemination. Yeah, we'll have to, like, like maybe there. you can do either. Maybe you can be cloned or you can like <laughs> make a actual baby. But I don't know. It seems like I'm just, I'm not sure. It just seems it, very culty. It's basically like yeah. renewal. If you don't get yes. to be renewed, you, it's like a religious kind of thing, except it's not, yeah. right? And so. their whole thing seems to be population control. So I doubt they're like, yeah, just have whatever babies you want. So, I, I mean, that's probably meant to be implied so here at sudden but inevitable we do have a couple of segments that we like to partake in with a given property for a week and even though this is a bonus episode we're gonna go ahead and do our segments anyway and then we're gonna like slip these into the real show and it's gonna be super (laughs) fun there's gonna be two kinds of bonuses double cross t's promotion backwards sideways i'm very good at what i do ladies and gentlemen so the first of the segments that we have here at Sudden But Inevitable is a little segment that we like to call Shot of the Show. Shot of the Show, as you know, is where we share our favorite visual moments from this week's property, the moments that stood out to us a little more than the rest. Because Marcy is our guest, I am going to ask Marcy to go first. Marcy, if you'd like to share your shot with us. To clarify, this takes place at about one hour, nine minutes, and 47 seconds into the movie, depending on, you know, do you have it on Blu-ray, do you have it on DVD, or otherwise. Okay, so the Sandman, Logan and Jessica have made it through the bowels of the dome, and then they come out into this, like, weird frozen landscape cave thing, and luckily find some just furs lying there so they get completely naked, take their furs off take their clothes off and put the furs on and then this weird like robot thing comes rolling out and starts talking to them about you know what he's been doing in this cave in kind of a weird manner um and i remember this image of this robot being like stuck in my brain like every time i think of logan's run i think of this robot probably because this is the scene where it's revealed that in fact they've kind of been soiling greening it the whole time and um all the the fish and stuff have been gone from the sea and algae is gone and so he's just been taking all those poor people that have been trying to run to sanctuary freezing them and feeding them to everybody else and he turns around and now this stupid robot has like he he did have a harpoon hand originally but now he's got like a machine gun and he's like starts shooting at them now Here's the wonderful thing about 
the robot, <laughs> whose name is Box. Yes. You'll never guess what he looks like. Um, but <laughs> the scene just before he explains all of that, they'd actually already put both implements in his hand. So he was like, come <laughs> down here and I'll explain it to you. And he's holding a gun and a harpoon. So it's like, you know, normally they would probably go, well, why do you have to explain it with a gun and a harpoon? But I'm sure it was a, a continuity error. Um, yeah. This robot, he he's very much a box of mirrors. And had he just been a box of mirrors with that cool like laser cut engraving thing on the front of him, I think I would have bought him a little more. Like he would have been alien enough to me to be like, okay, this is how they would have envisioned a computer that thinks, right? It's just a machine, but on wheels. But they decided to go with the like dryer tubing <laughs> arms that you would use in like elementary school if you were going to build a robot costume for Halloween, right? And again, it's 1976. They're probably the first people to ever do that on a feature film. Um, maybe they were the last. They should have been the last. But the <laughs> the mask that they made for this guy looks Creepy. like they just they like stretched the the foil between two of the springs on that dryer <laughs> tube and then like like thermal formed it to the guy's face. It's very creepy to Marcy's point. Like it was a little I mean, extra soulless. Let me describe. I mean, I feel like this is on par with when I watched Superman 3, I think, when that woman like gets locked in the supercomputer and becomes like the cyborg uh. Superman. It's so fucking creepy and weird and it's not as i mean i think maybe all children were traumatized by that if they saw it when they were young but <laughs> like it's not as bad as that but i mean i don't necessarily rem like in my mind's eye what i see is his face and his gun arms like that scene that i have the the photo is really the scene with like all the people frozen behind him and that's just creepy <laughs> now to the to the point though of practical effects the naked frozen people very convincing. Yeah. Right? I yeah. mean, those are definitely people. Oh, those are actual actors with some kind of makeup on them, and they are they look frozen and naked. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know they're naked, but they look frozen. And just really quickly, the amount of nudity for a PG movie, and I, I know that later on they invented PG-13 and, you know, this, that, and the other thing, and now PG-13 is kind of a farce, but, like, I, there's a lot of nudity in this movie, but it, none of it is, like gratuitous i mean let me take that back there is a scene where one of them literally says to the other let's take our clothes off and get warm At which i was like all right cool yeah let's do that um but beyond that scene most of the nudity uh served the story and it wasn't leery it wasn't painted in like a you know staring at people sort of way it was just like this is nudity because nudity exists in real life well and i um, like that they're presenting the good part of i mean that's kind of the good part of the society that we've been talking about which is that they don't have all the hang-ups that we have they're kind of these innocent adam and eve types even logan even though he's a little less innocent than jessica like that's the whole story is they're leaving paradise mm -hmm. to go out into they're giving getting the apple from the tree i mean it's like a very that's the story i mean it's literally adam yeah. and eve i mean come on yeah and so they're they're innocent they don't know that nakedness they is bad 
because you know we shouldn't think nakedness is bad and i think so i i i like that too i didn't feel like there's a lot of moments in this and my favorite part again is like because i like old people so once we get to the old guy i'm just like i'm sold like this fucking movie i love you so much and like it's because that old guy's the best he's so wonderful and i think it's because like in all of the movies that we watch about dystopias it's always that people find like the killers and like they're gonna they're gonna take them out and they find this sweet old man with cats and like i'm like fuck yes like that's what i want to meet in the dystopia like you come out of your paradise and you meet an old man with cats and he's amazing and and he's not like he's not creepy oh, she's yeah he's not like she's gorgeous or like yes. where did you come from or how can you help me he's just like he's like yeah, so adorable and he like treat yeah he's like oh you're touching my face but like not like he's not creepy sexual like they would make him now you know, he's yeah. just like a cute old man who's lost his mind a little bit, but like really just wants to be around people. And that yep. if there's like, what's the other segment? It's like, who's the captain of the movie? The fucking sweet madman <laughs> is the captain of this movie because he takes over and I'm like, eh, fuck Logan and Jessica. Like, what do we care about? I go back to the man sitting at his fire. Like, I want to hear more of his ramblings. What's happening? Anyway. The same thing happened to me um, in Slither when I realized that Elizabeth Banks was going to be okay, I went, okay, then I don't care who, who dies in this movie. <laughs> Literally anyone else in the cast can die because I can tell she's going to be fine. So yeah, go for it. Like I'm good with it. That's, that's an excellent, excellent point. So we will save our selections for the show proper, um, partially because we haven't finalized them yet and partially because we wanted to give Marcy the first pick as the guest this week. The next segment that I would like to introduce is a segment that we like to call No Finer One-Liner. As you know, No Finer One-Liner is where we share our favorite lines of dialogue from this week's property. Marcy, as our guest, please take it away. All right, so this is kind of like a Dustin Hoffman moment, like from, what's that movie, Mrs. Robinson? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, The Graduate. Graduate, yeah, it's the graduate moment. He comes out on the balcony, and all the people are down below with their bright f- clothes, and he's like, no, you don't have to die. You can live. Live. And they like. I'm not pulling that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm keeping I don't that. think we need to replace that with movie audio at all. And then they <laughs> look at him, and they're perfect. like, yeah, we want to go watch some people die in the carousel. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> They don't give a single F amongst amongst the whole crowd. They're like, oh, this guy's crazy. Yeah. It's like, dude, like at least somebody should go, whoa, that guy seems insane. <laughs> what did crazy. he say? <laughs> yeah, like, come on. You cannot, the, the whole society is built on nonchalance, clearly. Yeah. Because without, I mean, it, someone in that crowd should go, that dude is whack. Let's go find out what he's talking about. Like, even if we don't believe him, we need to know what he's talking about. And, that but to your point marcy and beautiful reading by the way that is a quality and i'm not even kidding like that's a quality of earnest like emotion that we don't get in actors anymore or that we don't get quite as frequently in actors it's very maybe anymore theater, I feel it's like. very right it's definitely the whole movie has a theatrical yeah. quality to it of like 
this could have definitely been sh- uh, a play. I mean, even the cast is listed as the players. You can see when they're on a set with a with a matte painting behind it. It's very theatrical, but that that like over earnest like really committing to the essence of the moment, even if it is going a little over the top, just to sell it. Like, oh my I god, it like, was amazing. Like, even though I feel it like is... it's on the other side of it now. Like now, there's so much with people going, no, you know, do it subtle. That it's like sometimes you just miss any of it. And I, I think that's what I loved about this movie because I, you know, having never seen it, I was like, how's the acting going to be in a movie from 1976? Spoiler alert: it's phenomenal yeah like, these people know what the hell they are doing very good acting except for throughout. farrah fawcett i totally forgot she's in this okay. and there's a reason why <laughs> yeah um, just talking about before, that before yeah before you jumped in uh josh went farrah fawcett's in this movie and i went i must have missed her name in the credits because when she popped up i went whoa that's farrah fawcett and so bad i i i gotta ha- i have to admit okay i only know her through a poster i've never seen her act she's not great she, um <laughs> You can you can see why David Letterman made such fun of her when she was there on his show. Oh I, my like, god, it's so wow. bad. But you know what? Good for her. I mean, she looked she looked and great. And she had a great death scene. I mean, she had a great. She had a couple of great death scenes. I thought she was done for the first time, but like, oh, that's the thing. She came back. I like about these old movies is the old movie blood is like so yeah. bright. It does look. Like, if you think about what blood really looks like, it doesn't look like new movie blood. It actually does look more like that, where it's, like, like almost phosphorescent. Blood. Yeah. And so that was, like, I forget. Francis like, look, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Francis at the end was ketchup paint, you know, but it was right. still, like, I mean, it, it goes, to, it's to that same point of the theatricality, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, everything is just a little bit over the top, but it is there specifically to you know, communicate the essence of that thing to you. And I just, I was really honestly surprised that I could have this much fun with a movie from 76 that I had never seen before. And Marcy, I got to say, that's an excellent, excellent choice for no finer one-liner, which of course does lead us to our final segment, which Marcy hinted at earlier. We like to call this segment Captain of the Movie. captain of the movie of course is that character which maybe you just find yourself partway through the movie this character becomes the main character for you the example i like to give people is for for me when i watched fury road the main character in that movie is furiosa and it's not max and i'm totally cool with that so marcy who is your pick for captain of the movie well uh my pick is the sweet madman and I know he only comes in like the last 30 minutes. And there's not a lot to pick in this movie. I mean, you've got yeah. Logan and Jessica and Francis. And Francis, you're not really rooting for Francis to murder them. Ooh. So, but maybe. Um, <laughs> I mean, he does actually have a complicated art. But anyway, the Agreed. sweet madman. I just like the reason I like him so much is, you know, I work with older adults a lot. I'm an occupational therapist. So I just like old older people's stories and so like the idea of finding this lonely old man who's been living all by himself but content I mean he has his hundred cats and that they show up and they're just instead of being like asshole young people they're like fascinated by him and innocent and like he's kind of innocent too because he's like never had a girlfriend or anything he's just been kind of a child his whole life 
And so these children, they're really just children. They don't have any like emotional maturity, right? Because they've never had real relationships or they don't grow past the age where you sort of start learning about how to not just go with every impulse that you have. And so I think it's just really, once he gets there, I'm like interested in his story and I want to know more, like how did he live through this apocalypse? He says that everything's dead, the fish are dead. What is he eating? Like, I just, there's so many questions. And, Cats. No, he's no. eating walnuts. Yeah. He, that's how they found him. He's cracking those walnuts open. Oh, I, I missed that part. I must have been was, writing notes. Yeah, that's not the only thing that dude eats. I mean, Come on. Well, oh, maybe, do not say he cats, eats his cats. Shut up. No, the cats, the, he specifically said the cats catch mice, and that's why they moved out of the other yeah. houses on the block, because those houses ran out of mice. It, he does not. He's, they catch mice, get really he fat. does not eat his cats. And then get eaten. He eats the he mice. He loves his cats. <laughs> anyway, so, like... I really loved him, and I, I do love that scene in the end when, like... I mean, I think he's, like, in the end, the main character. It's not Logan and Jessica. It's mm-hmm. that the lone man, all by himself, has finally found a community again. And I think, like, yes, it is their story, but their story will become his story. But now he can, like, teach them all the things he knows about this new world, you know? So, anyway. Yeah, he... There's no version of that story where he doesn't immediately become like a societal elder right Right. like he has Has all these people take care of him (laughs) yeah and all this experience you know here's how you raise an animal because they didn't know what cats were you know like Mm -hmm. here's how maybe here's how you rose here's how you raise crops he knows how to fish like if they have you know any access there were fish in the tanks when they were escaping so if they have access to those tanks he can teach people to catch those fish and now there will be more protein from the sea right that story, if it goes anywhere, goes through the old man. I think that makes him a really good pick for captain of the movie. Now, that is basically going to wrap up this very cool little bonus primer episode of Sudden But Inevitable for Logan's Run. But of course, we couldn't just end it here. That wouldn't make any sense at all. First, there's two things that we have to do. The first thing that we have to do is we have to ask our dear guest, Marcy, is there anything else that you would like to share as far as where people can find you on the internet or other things that you've been a part of? Any plugs that you'd like to make? Oh, well, I'm just, I don't have a huge internet presence. Uh, Cameron kind of pulled me into this arena with his Green Shirt podcast. I'm not an official host anymore, but... uh, if you want to hear more of my ramblings and saying fuck a lot, you could uh, go to Green Shirt <laughs> Podcast um, and check them out. But I, could, I often guest. I'm not completely gone from that show. I'll be guesting quite often. But yeah, I'm just, I enjoy talking and I enjoy media, which is kind of what you guys are all into too. So obviously it is kind of funny to think about I did watch a lot of movies. Like, I, when American Movies Classics was actually, like, the classics, that's all I watched. Before it was, like, The Walking Dead. It was actually, like, yeah. you know, I remember Mama and, like, old movies. So um, it's kind of fun to go back to an older one because I think people don't really watch those anymore because the classics are alien. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it part of me gets it. Because there's there's been a few of these movies where we're like, 
we're not sure that our listeners, for example, are going to enjoy them. Like this one in particular, I was like, I don't know if people are going to like it, but all the listeners I've spoken to so far have really liked it. Um, but it is different. This movie is different than movies that come out now. There is definitely a difference in the way movies are made. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do have to say, if you haven't listened to Green Shirt, go check out Green Shirt. Marcy is nothing but fun on that show. And that show in general is one of my favorites. I listened to literally every episode of it and then pushed my way through the door and sat in the guest chair. And I had a <laughs> blast every time I have. And Cameron has been to our show multiple times. Marcy, I'm going to go ahead and let you know, we're going to call you back. We're going to need you to come in for something else at some point. Yeah, I guarantee sure, it. Sure, I would be happy to. Anytime. Anytime somebody smarter than us can talk for longer than us, we always appreciate that. So. <laughs> yeah, well, you could probably tell me to shut up sometimes because I talk too much. <laughs> Just like you, Jesse. <laughs> I think between, honestly, Marcy, between you and I, we could do a whole show. I don't think we'll yeah. do the rest of the crew. I would be okay with that. Now, the, la- <laughs> the last thing that we generally do with our guests is we do try to get a rating out of 10 from them uh, mm. for this movie so that we can combine it with our ratings out of 10 for this movie to get the overall sudden but inevitable rating. So, Marcy, if you wouldn't mind, walk us through your rating out of 10 for Logan's Run. Like of science fiction or just like, because we're not um, rating it based on, what are see. we rating it based on? Let's rate this movie based on how much fun you have introducing new time, new viewers to this movie. Oh man, like I was the first one to introduce it to Cam. So, I mean, I think you have to pick, select people. Like you're right in the sense that it's sort of like blade runner like i would never subject anybody to that because it's <laughs> so like such a man movie but anyway it's becoming an official sudden but, but it's not even a man movie that movie is just well it's a it's bad a movie not a man well, movie. <laughs> well it's like so i realized sci-fi noir is something that i don't like watch green shirt you'll know this but um <laughs> but it's also very macho like noir is all about yeah. like the man like goes to the woman and she's like i'm a damsel in distress you have to save me that kind of thing and then it but it takes forever to get anywhere in it and like ruker Hauer, like let's watch him for the whole hour like put him on a black horse like ladyhawk i mean come on you got <laughs> ruker Hauer, and you're like wasting all this time anyway so you have to pick and choose for logan's run because it is like slow and but there's a lot of interesting fun things to think about so i mean i think it's definitely like at least a nine out of ten because i'm guessing if like i introduced it to the wrong person they would probably fall asleep or just be like i don't get it or this is boring and then i would not and that's how you know you can't hang out with those people ever again But I definitely don't have as much patience for some of the most recent movies that are slow, which is funny. But um, I think it's just because I like the thought experiments. And sometimes like our movies that are long aren't thought experiments. They're just like action. That's like all they do, you know. So I like that this like the most exciting part for me is when they meet a fucking old man like. (laughs) <laughs> it's not the action which so. is impressive considering the movie starts with like 40 minutes of chase scenes yes like, so it, it's i but yeah to your point i mean i really liked i had a I had a blast with it and i i think josh chose well i think good job josh josh, re- josh tried to pick i a think thing our likes must be more than jesse and i likes I'm probably sure. and and he was very like i yeah, I mean, Here's the thing you got to know about Josh. 
<laughs> he watches everything. Like, not not that Josh has no filter. It's that he's willing to give anything a chance, which is impressive in some ways but in in other ways i'm like dude why are you watching that there's no way it's gonna be good like but so i i think you chose i think you chose a perfect movie to introduce me to because it is the kind of thing where it's like it's very specifically designed for one kind of taste and you you nailed it brother so i'm yeah try it man i'm glad i'm really glad you liked it too because it was a it could have gone either way you know what i mean yeah just a lot of times those old graphics will take people out of the movie and really start picking apart flaws and stuff yep. throughout it and then just kind of not enjoy it. But I felt felt pretty good about you, you know, moving past that part and just enjoying it for what it was. I so. appreciate that. And I'll be honest with you. I'm a little terrified to share this movie with Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Like, oh, it's going to be. I'm so stoked to just rip him he's apart. He's going to hate this movie, man. <laughs> he's going to be like, he's going to just tear into this movie i uh, mean he's and and this is when we're gonna kick him out of the show uh, maybe we'll see we'll see we'll if you want to hear what happens with ricky d from best flicks with ricky d tune in to your regularly scheduled sudden but inevitable wow i i don't know if there's much else that we can say you guys i i have to say thank you one more time to josh thank you one more time to marcy for joining us this has been a lot of fun marcy we're gonna get you back um Next season, we're watching a show that I'm not sure you're interested in, but I'll get after you about it after this is done. And if you're not interested in it, we'll just invent another bonus episode for you to come back for. So. Sure. Well, what we'll do is is after this next season, when we do another movie season, we'll watch Moon. Ooh. Okay, see? I would not be opposed to that. Josh is and giving you a nebulous And you'd have to wait to watch Moon, though. Well, and that's like I know I've seen it. He he does, and he can wait all he wants. He he uh, likes to wait for. Well, things. he's giving you a nebulous date like seven months in the future, so <laughs> we will definitely look into that. Okay. Uh, but I think for now, for sudden but inevitable, I have been Jesse, Marcy, and I'm Josh. And remember, you can live. Thank you for listening to Sudden but Inevitable. Follow us on Twitter at Sudden But. Find us on Instagram at Sudden But Inevitable Podcast. And join the show live in the chat at youtube.com slash twistmyarmpodcast. Or to get everything all in one place, go to twistmyarmpodcast.com slash SBI. Sudden But Inevitable is a Twist My Arm podcast. The views and opinions expressed on this show are held solely by those speaking them. give you one of my best cats, one of my favorites. I'll give you a Jellicoe cat. <laughs>